You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron here in the Caldwell Banker Group on Realty Studio in West Merrill, alongside from the Washita Citizen, Jake Martin. How you doing this morning, Jake? Can you have a little pep in your step, man? I do. What are you talking about? That was pretty weak. Man. Man, it was like monotone like you're reading (laughs) off a paper or something. Welcome to (laughs) 97.7, the morning drive. We are so glad you were here with us. I'm just depressed, man. Pels go down. Uh, two we know how big of a Pels yeah, fan you are. That's the problem. So, that is. Uh, tough loss last night from New Orleans on the road against Golden State, and we'll get into whether it was five playing against, uh, what, six or seven in this game. Yeah, it felt like it at times. Um, I- I'll you say You look this. at this. This is the one stat now, and it does look a, a lot like doom and gloom for New Orleans. In the NBA postseason, if you fall behind uh, 2-0 in a best-of-seven series, what do you think your chances of winning the series are, Jake? Not very good. All-time, 19 to 278. 19 to 278. Once you fall behind 2-0. You want to give us a percentage on that? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's Uh, not good. (laughs) Yeah. um, So, all right. There's a lot to unpack from this game. Okay. And, you Start know, unpacking. You can weigh in at 888 Yeah, give us your thoughts on it. But we, we're let's save the Draymond stuff for later. Okay. Because I think that should have its own time. So we'll say you can go ahead and still send us hate tweets or hate texts on Draymond. Uh, we will gladly welcome those. But How much security does he need in the Big East? He needs a good bit of security in New Orleans after what he pulled last night. Um but I'll say this. So you, you look at the free throws, and I think a lot of people were going to point to that this morning. I think that's Pelicans a, had nine free throw attempts compared to Golden State shooting a whopping uh, 27. That comes on the heels of a major disparity in game one, too. And how many free throws did Davis and Holiday shoot? Shouldn't take long to count them. Shouldn't take long to count them. That's right. Zilch. So That's got to be the most amazing stat right there. That it is, but I want to say this: uh, it's a little bit misleading because the referees did let them play at least early on. You know what I mean? Like, I you can't sit there and say we've gotten a couple of texts for uh, percentages, by the way, uh, and, and they're both different, so somebody's <laughs> wrong. Quint, Quint and Richie. <laughs> Quint says six point four percent. Richie says six point eight percent. Y'all battle it out. I don't know. Uh, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, back to what I was saying, though. I, I, I really did like that the referees let him play because you saw that that pace. And I think that pace had something to do with it, too, as far as the Pelicans not getting a whole lot of free throws because they're, they're down the court and they're getting a pretty easy shot most of the time. And that's why they play that pace. Um, so I, I don't look at that and say that the Pels got cheated. There were some things that were – more than questionable, though, especially when you get into the Draymond Green uh, talk. And, we'll again, we'll save that for later. Uh, so, looking at this game, it was, you know, the Pelicans were not hitting outside shots. So, I was, when that started happening, I was going, okay, they're in trouble. But they still hung in there. They still hung in there because uh, of the pace. They were 13 of 37 from three-point land. Yeah, that's not a good stat. 37 threes. And – 
the all-star pace that, that's that's what uh chris weber said on the broadcast I thought it was perfect he said this is an all-star pace with defense that was a perfect uh description of the type of play we saw and so it made for really fun um really fun game like for instance durant would would, would i remember one time he quickly hit a turnaround jay and literally three seconds later, there was only 21 seconds into the shot clock, Drew Holiday is laying it up on the other side. So I like that style of play. Some people will argue, well, you're playing it to the Warriors' strength because they like the up-tempo style too. I still like it. I think it, it worked a, a good bit of time. If you hit those outside shots, I think Pelicans could have stole that game last night. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at those outside shots. They had a lot of open threes, and it was like Solomon Hill was almost a dang liability out there. They, wouldn't, they didn't even want to cover him. And uh, he was wide open, missing shots. I'm just like, man, if you can't hit those, we're, we're going to lose this game. But uh, the thing I do also want to talk about is Steph Curry coming back. Mm. So I thought it was really smart to bring him in off the bench because the Pelicans had all the momentum early. They were up by eight in the first quarter. And after uh, Anthony Davis like tipped the ball in and Miritich got a, got a foul um, called on, on Draymond Green, he got to hit a free throw. While that happened, the Pelicans had all the momentum, and Kerr just goes, all right, go in, Steph. Mm. And he comes in, and the crowd is just roaring with a huge ovation, and it takes him, what, 11 seconds to hit a beautiful three-pointer off the screen. And it's just like, oh. Once he hit that, I was like, yeah, I've, I've missed how sweet that shot was. He ends up with 28 points and seven rebounds, and he plays just 27 minutes. That's a nice luxury for them to have coming off the bench as a sixth man last night versus the Pels. Eight for 15 from the field, seven of seven from the free throw lane. Line. Yeah. 121-116, uh, Warriors knock off the Pels, go up 2-0 in this series. Yeah, one more quick thing. I thought the supporting cast, you know, sometimes I've kind of hammered them when, when Davis hasn't been on. Sometimes they haven't picked him up. They picked him up last night. I thought, I thought the supporting cast overall was, was pretty dang good because when Davis uh, – nicked his shin you know whenever he hurt his shin it was he took him a while to kind of get back to himself and actually i don't think he really played well the rest of the game after that but the guys kept battling they kept making shots they were in that game i'm not i'm more uh, i'll say this i'm more confident in the series after last night you know after the first game i was like man what happened to our pelicans and then after last night you saw that they have what it takes to compete with this team now when it gets to new orleans I'm hoping that home court advantage will kind of sway things in, in favor of the Pelican. It's like somebody texted in this morning. I agree. It's not a series until the home team mm-hmm. loses. You know what I mean? So it's still – the Pelicans are still right in it. Uh, I, I take a lot of positives away from that game last night. Uh, the fact, though, that Davis and Holiday combined for just 12 points in the fourth quarter. On the opposite side, of course, uh, Kevin Durant had a big fourth quarter as he scored 15 of his 29. We mentioned the disparity, though, in free throws. I mean – you're getting uh, only nine attempts at the charity stripe, and the other squad, of course, is getting, what, uh, 27. And now I believe it's 59 to 20 overall in the series. <laughs> yeah. Big difference. Yeah, that's a huge difference. It is. You can weigh in 888-993-7762. And then, of course, we can get into the situation with your man. Grandma Green. Kevo says, uh, guys, I've started a Facebook poll. Would you rather Barkley punch Draymond or Draymond punch Barkley? Mm. I think that's going to be lopsided. <laughs> uh, 
Quint says the only reason the fans hate on Draymond is because he's not part of, of he's not on their team. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think he's one of those guys. I've always felt he's been, he's one of those guys that you absolutely love if he's on your team, and then you absolutely hate if he's not. But some of the stuff last night, I think even if he was on my team, I'd have been like, eh, I don't know about that. You know what I mean? Like the stuff when he got tangled up with Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis put like an omoplata on him. I don't know if anybody caught that, but it, it was like a borderline omoplata where he made Draymond roll. I thought that was hilarious. But then, you know, Green had to take it an extra step. And, and then they called Davis for yeah. the foul and then went with the double foul. And I'm like, and what, did he, what did Davis do wrong? In nothing. Situation? He was just trying to get up. <laughs> He's got long legs. I know. <laughs> but anyway, it was stuff like that. And then. You know, him getting in the face of Rondo yeah. right before half. And it's just like, by the way, did you catch Rondo when, when Draymond Green was shooting free throws? Did you catch Rondo grabbing the ball and wiping all his sweat on the ball? <laughs> so good. Such a good troll move by Rondo. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing their interactions the rest of the series because you know Rondo is not going to back down to Draymond. I'm looking forward to the reaction when Draymond walks into this movie center and how that plays out. <laughs> yes. I can't wait. Uh, do we have the clip uh, with uh, Charles Barkley taking some shots or some verbal shots at Draymond? Well, yeah. So they go to halftime. They go to to the guys at TNT, and they show the clip of Rondo and Draymond jawing with one another and Charles Barkley. In typical Charles Barkley fashion, says this. Some friendly chatter between Rajon Rondo and Draymond Green. That's what you want to call it? <laughs> What do you want to call it, Chuckster? I just want somebody to punch him in the face. Which, Which one? <laughs> American Express halftime report. I really do. I just Stupid. want somebody to punch him in the face. Why you don't like Draymond? Mario J in Atlanta. I want to punch him in the face. Why you don't like Draymond? I'm just telling you, I want to punch his ass in the face. I do. Why? Why? Relax, what makes Chuck. you upset? You asked me a question. I, gave you a question. I, I'm asking, I, I didn't ask you to hey, punch him. You said, you, I said, why? Get it. When Chuck get like that, just leave him alone. No, I like that. <laughs> okay, right. man. That's, play, that's playoff intensity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that's good. I, I, I'm glad he said that. We know how Charles Barkley can be, especially when the postseason comes around. But uh, yeah, I thought that was funny. And then somebody asked Draymond about it after the game, mm. and Draymond uh, took the Russell Westbrook approach. Mm. I've heard a lot of guys talk on TV um, and stand behind a microphone and a TV screen. The fact of the matter is, if, if you feel that strongly about something, he's seen me a million times. If he feel that strongly about it, then punch me in my face when you see me. If you're not going to punch me in my face when you see me, then shut up. It's no different than somebody sitting behind a computer screen tweeting, I'll knock you out and you never see him in life. Well, he's seen me a bunch of times and he'll see me again this year. Punch me in the face when you see me or if not. No one cares what you would have done. You old and it is what it is. So if you ain't gonna punch me when you see me, then stop talking about it. Period. The NBA is the gift that keeps giving. Uh, that's good. I'm telling you, all these little feuds. You're going old. On. <laughs> You're old. That's it. I love it. So good. Uh, LeBron's getting older, but he continues to carry uh, the Cavaliers on his back. Uh, Jake's saying that uh, he knew this was going to happen because it is Toronto. But uh, yeah. Cleveland takes care of business. 
They win a squeaker, 113 to 112 in overtime versus the Raptors. Yeah, so the Raptors blew it, as you imagine. I mean, they had a 13-point lead in the third quarter. They had several tip-in opportunities at the end of regulation to win that game. And look, LeBron got a triple-double and pulled it out on the road. He deserves credit for that. But I think this game was less about his greatness and more about Toronto just not being able to win the big one. They just cannot win the big games in the postseason. And weren't they supposed to have the huge advantage, just the, the fact LeBron just worn out it after a been. game seven, LeBron's, seven, yes. seven game series? I mean, we saw how LeBron was after that game seven. He said, I just want to go home. I'm so drained. And then – you know, he goes into this game, and this game goes into overtime. He shouldn't have the legs to compete in overtime, yet what was Toronto doing? I mean, poor DeRozan, you know, it's like all of his teammates just fade away in the playoffs. He's doing everything he can, but, man, he's not getting much help in the postseason. Mm. Uh, got a text here from Jeff, says Raptors blew it, but Cleveland finally had someone other than LeBron score 21st time this postseason. J.R. Smith had 20. I think Korver actually had 19 also. Yeah. Yeah, he got a little, a little more help than he usually does. 888-993-7762. Obviously, we got some more headlines. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. All right, uh, we got uh, Dr. Jeff Counts joining us at 730. Claiborne Christian, they are heading back to Sulphur for the 11th straight year. Chad O'Lynn will join us at 745. Coach Federico will join us at 8 o'clock. That is also part of the headlines as ULM takes care of business last night versus uh, Grambling. 16-2. to two. Mm-hmm. We'll dive into that as well as some other things. We, we've been tossing around what should be top 10 Thursday. Aaron, I think we've got a good one. We'll see what people think about this. What do y'all think about top 10 best NFL draft classes since 2000? we got uh, plenty of uh, news and notes from the NFL as the Saints have found a new quarterback. Details coming up after the break, plus more headlines, including a high profile and a very outspoken high school football coach may have to serve a four-game suspension to start next season that's coming up after the break on the morning drive on sports talk 97 7 is that better jake is that more enthusiasm is that more pep it's a little bit better yeah we're back after this on sports talk 97 7 The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. The newest lawn equipment pro center in the area is your new Cub Cadet Superstore, Yard Power. 
Yard Power in Monroe is your source for the full line of Cub Cadet mowers. In fact, they're the only dealer in Northeast Louisiana. And Yard Power is loaded with Cub Cadets. Over 100 mowers on the ground ready to roll. All backed by a full service and parts department. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. We are the home to you, Houston Astros. Can you give us our uh, Astros update for today, Jake? Or you just want Gary to give it to us? I actually did my homework. The Astros lost 4 to nothing. Uh-huh. It was scoreless heading into the ninth, and the Yankees scored all four of their runs in the ninth inning. Mm. Gary says the team I'm following, Yanks, beat the team you're following, Strohs, last night. Go Yanks. By the way, trash talk there. Some people I talked to last night said they enjoy our Astros updates. They look forward. I feel like we're like Siri. Like, hey, did the Astros win last night? Yes, the Astros won last night. We are on board all the way through the World Series. You're home in the Houston Astros in Northeast Louisiana. I thought we were. That's us. The morning drive. We We are with the Astros till August first. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. That's more like uh, We did have one baseball score from last night. Claiborne Christian, as I said, uh, heading to sophomore for the 11th straight year. Coach Olin will join us at 745. Other headlines, Jake, where would you like to go? Oh, uh, let's start with ULM. Right. ULM got some revenge last night. They avenged an earlier loss to Grandma. They won 16-2. to Two two weeks ago, of course, uh, Grandma you know, broke an eight-game losing streak to the Warhawks and beat the Warhawks for the first time in five years. ULM came out ready to play. You remember uh, ULM's bats were on fire against Coastal Carolina, at least in that yeah. last game, putting, what, 16 mm-hmm. runs. Well, it continued uh, last night. In fact, they had a season-high 17 hits versus Grambling. They scored seven runs in the first inning and really never looked back. They go on to pick up their 19th win of the season. They do it in convincing fashion with that 16-2 to two thumping over Grambling. Coach uh, Federico will join us at 8 o'clock. In terms of uh, LSU and Louisiana Tech baseball, both of them do not have midweek games this week. And now as you continue to crunch the numbers with LSU baseball, what is it going to take for them now to perhaps just get into the tournament? Well, if you're looking at uh, the latest projections by D1 baseball, they're going to have to win some games down the stretch and win some games against some really good teams in Arkansas and Auburn because the latest projection has LSU missing. Wow. The 64-team field, mm. which is pretty, pretty crazy when you think about LSU coming into this year with the lineup that they had. Now, one of the guys that's been missing from that lineup is Josh Smith. And Paul Maneri gave somewhat of an update on him, saying that he's been having some muscle spasms in his back and that he feels the injury will not be long-term. But I feel like we've kind of heard that for quite a while now. It, it's just – he, he didn't rule him out of the Arkansas series. He also didn't say, you know, give you a guarantee he would be in the Arkansas series. So, I guess you just have to wait and see if, he, if he's up to it, if he can play. But I don't have a whole lot of faith that he's going to play because this seems to be kind of the same story playing out. He just can't get healthy. Or perhaps this is LSU, one of those patent late runs that they make at the end of the, re- end of the regular season. Maneri is certainly hoping so, and so is LSU fans. In fact, Maneri says he's been up front with his players about the situation. He's not sugarcoating anything at this point in the year. His quote, I'm always very honest with the players. They know. I met with them before we got on the bus to drive home. I explained to them 
where it was. I laid it out there in front of them. Our streak of national seeds is probably going to come to an end. If we reach this point, we're probably not even a host. Goes on to say, does that even mean, does that mean the season is a total loss? I don't see it that way. We have 11 games in the SEC tournament remaining. We have the NCAA tournament remaining. College athletics is filled with teams that seemed out of it, went on to accomplish tremendous things. Who's to say that we cannot be that team? We know, how, we know how baseball is. You know what I mean? Like It just takes one really strong outing on the mound to kind of give this team confidence and push this thing forward. But you got to do it against some really good teams down the stretch. That's the tough thing. Host Arkansas this weekend, and the Razorbacks enter this series as a top five RPI squad. Speaking of LSU, I saw uh, Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports came out with his projections for football next year at LSU at number 25. What struck me about his uh, rankings was that seven of LSU's opponents on the regular season schedule are ranked. Seven. Bama was at one. Georgia's at three, Miami at nine, at nine, Auburn at ten, Mississippi State at eleven, A and M at twenty-one, and Florida at twenty-two. So that's five opponents in the top eleven. It's pretty. That's insane. Uh, we really did bury the the lead here. What twenty-some minutes into the show, there will be an announcement, I believe, coming down from my sources from the LHSA that Dean Smith, Wasman's head coach will be suspended four games and fined $2,500 to start the 2018 football season. My sources tell me that uh, it's a recruiting violation. Uh, it involved a Carroll 8th grade student. So, if you're thinking about Carroll Wassman next year. Carroll Wassman, October 26th <laughs> at Carroll. And you want to talk about this uh, rivalry between Carroll and Wassman. Uh, new coach over at Carroll, uh, Tank Washington. And now Jackie Hamilton, a lot of people don't realize he left the Bulldogs or was let go as Carroll's head coach. He has found a new staff on Wasman's coach under Dean, a staff under Dean Smith. Right. So I, as you were breaking the news and coming out with more details on it, at first I was like, it can't, it had to be super recent because Hamilton is with Smith now. And so then you find out that, oh, it's a junior high kid and. Yeah, this is going to be uh, something to see. As it's not it often is. inside one a school district things like this take place. Usually, you know, there's uh -huh. an understanding, or at least it's like, all right, we're going to settle this, not through the LHSA. Right. Yeah. Well, not the case this time. So Dean Smith, uh, out uh, four games, $2,500 fine. And, of course, uh, we expect, though, them to appeal this decision by the LHSA. That news will officially be coming down the pipe later this morning and later today by the LHSA. Other headlines, and I think we got to go to the NFL. What do we make of a JT Barrett signing a deal with the Saints? Former Ohio State quarterback that, of course, did some pretty amazing things in his college career. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. I Good for him. That's, that's all I feel about it. I don't expect to see him, you know. I what, you give me a look. All you right, expect so to see him on the field? Who, 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 well, if, if he's on the field or Taysom Hill's on the field or Tom Savage is on the field, the Saints are in trouble. But just play along of those three now as you look forward with the Saints. I mean, who will be the backup quarterback? They're also bringing in uh, Brandon Silvers, uh, of course, uh, the former quarterback at, at Troy. I don't think he actually signed a deal yet, but he will be – uh, in camp or at least one of these rookie rookie mini camps with the Saints. Yeah. 
I'm just not a big Barrett lover. Like he's not he wasn't a bad quarterback. One hundred and four touchdown passes in his career, forty three rushing touchdowns. But how does his game translate to the national? That's football? the question. That's what my question marks are. Mm. And there's a reason Etlin got drafted <laughs> and Barrett didn't, right? I mean, come on, we live in this world where Danny Etlin got drafted and JT Barrett didn't. That's true. Let's accept that. Uh, yeah, Danny, I, I give you JT Barrett's uh, stats, and Etlin, I think, had, what, 26 total touchdown passes in his career at LSU? They were all sweet, too. <laughs> uh, Big Ben uh, says he can play another three to five years. He's not exactly pleased, I think, that they drafted uh, Mason R- Rudolph with their, what, 76th overall pick. Man, I like Big Ben, but five years? Can that body hold up for five more years? Uh, I think he's 36, maybe. Yeah, but it's like it's like when you're looking at a fighter that's 36. Yeah, he might be 36, but he's like 60 in terms of all those wars that he's been in. Big Ben, you know, for years has been able to just bounce off of people in the pocket. And I, that To me, that feels like he just feels older to me because of that, because of all the wear and tear. He's gone through in his career. Mm. And then, of course, the news also coming out that it appeared the Patriots were ready to make a big push and try to draft Baker Mayfield. Yeah, this is an interesting story. Yeah. Uh, but I saw that they were wanting to trade up to number two. Yes. I guess this is when everybody assumed that Sam Darnold was going number one to the Browns. Mm. But I think they thought about it. They looked at the guys on their board and said, you know what? Why take the gamble? Why trade up when we can get this Danny Etlin guy in the seventh round? Jake, don't go there, man. <laughs> and we can have our heir apparent to Tom Brady in the seventh round. Tom Brady doesn't feel appreciated by the franchise. Can you only imagine what the news and the storyline would have been if Baker Mayfield then would have ended up in New England? Oh, yeah. And then, of course, they would have mortgaged all these picks to move up that mm-hmm. far into the draft. Now, that would have been a juicy story. Honestly, if I would have been a Pats fan, that would have made me sick because you just had – you had Jimmy G and you gave him up and now you had to spend so much to get Baker, Mm. who you don't even know is going to be – like you you had a pretty good idea Jimmy was going to be a successful quarterback. You saw it. Baker, you hadn't seen it at that level yet. Mm. Uh, We end the news and the notes from the NFL with the weekend that Gail Benson continues to have. Uh, She, of course, has the NBA postseason – now she gets looked forward to the Kentucky Derby. Their horse, Lone Sailor, goes off. Or the, right now the odds are 50-1 to 1 of winning the Kentucky Derby. So here's what her schedule has looked like since mid-April. Oh, to be a billionaire. She was at the NBA Board of Governors meeting on April 12th. From April 14th to the 17th, she had the series, of course, against the Blazers. The 29th through the 21st, then she returned to New Orleans for more of that series. April 26th, she had the NFL draft. April 28th, she had game one over in Oakland with the Pels and the Warriors. And on that Monday, she made a visit to Napa. Had to go check out some wine. Not too shabby. Then on Tuesday, back uh, to watch uh, the Pels and the Warriors. On Friday, the Pels Warriors. On Saturday, this, this is, of course, coming up. Last night, she was at the game. Then Friday, she will be at the Pels and the Warriors. Then Saturday, She'll fly her jet over and watch the Kentucky Derby, uh, taking 50 employees of the Pels and the Saints with her, including Mm. Sean Payton. Mm. Sean Payton has a lone sailor visor that he was going to sport for the Kentucky Derby. 
Then on Sunday, she'll return back to New Orleans for game four between the Pels and the Warriors. That's my kind of sports schedule right there. Yeah, that's that's pretty hectic. But I think you would give a lot to go. She's not flying commercial, though. No, she's not. I think you would give a lot to go to the Kentucky Derby. Yes. This is going to be our age-old debate uh, where the Kentucky Derby should rank on the bucket list. And I certainly believe it should be in the top ten. And we're looking forward to hearing from Rick Motlin, our Kentucky Derby expert, coming up later in the week. Didn't you have it number one? Uh, it was high. I think it was the top three. It was definitely top two. What would have been your other? I don't know. I think it was number one for you. 888-993-7762. You can weigh in on the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line. Coming up next, our doctor segment with Dr. Jeff Kelly. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream, live to drive. Welcome to Geico's Motorcycle Meanderings. Oh man, this is great. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. Scored some big savings and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. What doesn't make sense is if a highway splits, it's a fork in the road, then wouldn't a long straight stretch be a knife in the road? And then wouldn't a cul-de-sac be a spoon in the road? What would a spork be? Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. Save big on floors for every room at Lumber Liquidators Everywhere Flooring Sale. Get 15% off pre-finished hardwood and bamboo engineered for every level of your home. All water-resistant Dream Home X2O laminate is on sale up to 33% off. And choose from the best selection of waterproof floors up to 34% off. More from 59 cents plus special financing and professional installation. Get flooring deals for every room at Lumber Liquidators Everywhere Flooring Sale today. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. It's time for the Morning Drive's weekly visit with the sports medicine doctors at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. It's time to get a little smarter. We always enjoy our doctor's segment. If you have a question or a comment, you can certainly weigh in at 888-993-7762. This morning is Dr. Jeff Counts. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. How are you doing this morning, Doc? I'm good, guys. How are y'all? Good. We missed you last week, but uh, Saul did a, an admirable job of filling in for you. Uh, <laughs> it is that time of the year, and it always seems like we're talking about Tommy John surgery. And let's start there. Uh, Dodgers shortstop Corey Seager underwent the, the procedure, the process, or was about to go under the surgery, under the knife. Uh, I guess some would say it's a little unusual for a position player to have this done. Uh, is that surprising to you, or are we seeing more and more of this? No, it's really not that surprising. You know, we see 
you know, not just pitchers, but pretty much all position players that, especially somebody like a shortstop or a third baseman who uh, routinely has to throw a fairly hard throw across uh, across the diamond like that. Um, you know, if there if there's any susceptibility to, to injury of the ligament, then you know something's going to happen, and they're going to have to have it repaired. So um, it, it really isn't that surprising to see you know other position players um, have this injury. I stumbled across this stat: is estimated that 25 percent of major league pitchers have had Tommy John surgery at one point or another in their career. Is that a surprise? Um, no, not really. Like I said, you know, or, or you mentioned the, the prevalence of it nowadays. You know, we're just better skilled at being able to diagnose it. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's the surgery itself has become so much improved as far as the techniques that are available to, to repair the ligament or substitute the ligament or, or, um, or, or tighten things up. And, and so, you know, the, the reluctance to have the surgery, I think, has is, is gone away as well. Has the rehab process shortened a little bit through the years? Because, I mean, I know at one point they're saying 13 to 14, 14 months. Is that still pretty much the case? It still is pretty much the case. You know, even with the better techniques of surgery, we still have to give the arm, um, first of all, the chance for it to heal appropriately. And then once it's healed, then you got to start the whole rehab process. And it's not just rehabbing the elbow. It's rehabbing the shoulder and the rotator cuff. And, um, you know, so so it, it it's a long process uh, still. Uh, Tommy John surgery, I mean, uh, how, what's the youngest that you've seen it done on a, a pitcher? Well, you know, I have heard of cases where it's been done on, on kids as young as, you know, 13, 14-year-old um, situations, um, but it's it's really rare to see it in kids that, that young just because the skeletal maturity of the elbow is not complete um, at that young an age. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really rare to see it with kids that have injuries that young. Um, but if they have the appropriate, you know, skeletal maturity, then we then it can go ahead and be done at that age. I don't know if he stayed up last night, but Steph Curry is back, and of course uh, he lights up the Pels last night for 28 points in just 27 minutes of action. Coming back from that sprained MCL, was basically out five and a half weeks. Everybody looks at how he comes back and it looks like he hasn't missed a beat. Typically, when you have a sprained MCL, what are some of the basic tests or drills that you have to clear to get back on the court? Well, just like with any athlete, you know, we want to make sure that they're ready before we let them go. So um, I'm sure that the, that the Warriors have a, a, a pretty standard protocol that they want to see an athlete be able to do before they put them back on the court. And, you know, it's some, of, some, some real basic things like just being able to do a single leg squat with control. Um, being able to do like a box jump uh, again, either with both or just um, you know some very simple things to determine whether or not we can start doing some more sports specific agility type stuff. And then once we we get back on the court, then we're going to gradually increase them. And then you know at the end when we are ready, we're going to you know say okay, let's let's go full speed and see how you feel. Um, so I'm sure they tested him pretty extensively before they let him go back on the court.
there was a new study that was released yesterday, or I think two days ago, from Boston University. Uh, basically reveals uh, with their research that kids playing football before the age of 12, that leads to an earlier onset of uh, cognitive or emotional symptoms associated with CTE. CTE. Realize this isn't your you know realm of expertise, but you certainly know a lot more than, than we do. How scary is that when the statistics like this continue to come out about youngsters playing football? Well, you know, I, I haven't actually read the study yet. I've heard, I've heard that it was coming out, and I had heard, you know, that it had been released and kind of the the results of the study. Um, and it and it doesn't surprise me, you know. Um, you know, I think, you know, from a perspective of of looking at this from how many concussions, you know, kids have at an early age. You know, we were, I was sitting at a table of of. You know, juniors about to be seniors this past Sunday morning with 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 some guys and and we were talking about football injuries and and you know one of the kids said you know I I hate spring football because you know there's so many injuries that happen during spring football and he he made the comment he said I bet I had four concussions last spring and I said you know why don't you you know report these things to the coaches or or the trainers and he said well I don't want to miss time you know, so I think that it, you know, that the number of concussions that actually occur is is a lot higher than we actually know because these kids just aren't reporting it. Um, and you know, obviously, as a result, we know that 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 repetitive, even the low impact brain injuries, uh, over time, can build up to a point where um, there are deficits later in life. And obviously, you know, for a teenager, for a young you know, a, a, a kid, you know, especially under 12, their brains are rapidly developing at that point. And if they're suffering, even like I said, low impact, repetitive injuries to their to their skull, um, you know, that's going to have an effect on how the brain develops and, and what it can lead to later in life. So, you know, I do, I do believe there's validity to this report, um, you know, What's it going to do as far as long term with football? Well, that's a that's a big question um, as far as you know how is it going to affect um, you know the decisions of of parents to let their kids play um, for these leagues that are outside of the schools? Um, you know, are they going to you know Pop Warner type football? Is that going to be able to you know continue uh, with a with full pads and tackle or is it going to transition into some kind of flag football type situation you know that's that's the question that that we don't know yet a couple things first of all we've had discussions before just uh, how the game could change especially with the kickoffs that we're seeing of course several leagues uh, making that move and perhaps it'll eventually happen in nfl taking away the kickoff away from the game and then second of all and i know you see it the technology has improved with helmets but do you think other things could be done in terms of helmets with the game of football? You know, there, there. I don't know if, if you're aware of this. There is a newer helmet that's that's just come out. That's um, that some of the NFL players are starting to test and things like that. Um, and it's got some, you know, um, some potential. Uh, I think to decrease um, the number of concussions that occur, but. But, you know, it, it's it, the helmet can only do so much. 
and when there's a rapid uh, impact to the head um, and and that stop-start type motion occurs with the head and neck, um, we can't control what the brain does inside the skull. And that's actually how the brain injury occurs is the brain bounces off the inside of the skull first on one side and then it slams against the other side. It's called a coup counter coup injury. And, and so that's a, you know, that's something that we just can't control. We can't put pads inside the skull. We can only pad the outside. So um, as long as those, you know, hits continue to occur, even with, you know, I, I, I couldn't even imagine what kind of a helmet we could, we could design that, that could prevent that kind of an injury. So um, I, I think the helmets really are limited as far as the technology that they can go to to prevent these brain injuries from occurring. Good stuff there, uh, Dr. Counts. If uh, listeners out there need your assistance or any of your colleagues, where can they find you? Where do they need to go? Well, first of all, they can just reach us at our number. It's 323-8451. We have a new Facebook page that's um, been updated and and a lot easier for people to use and access. Uh, We're going online with a a newer web page as well. Um, So you can just Google us. Um, at North Louisiana Orthopedic Clinic, and you'll be able to find our new webpage. It's a lot more user-friendly now. Um, and you can make your appointments. You can fill out your paperwork. You can do all your things online. So, um, And then, of course, you know, on our after-hour clinics, you can get us um, up until 8 p.m. on weeknights and then Saturday mornings, 8 to 11. Dr. Counts, as always, we appreciate the time, bud. Have a great week. All right, you too. Thanks. Uh, Jake, this is a uh, this study coming out from Boston University. It is pretty rough with the fact that they're stating that uh, kids who started playing the game before the age of 12 started experiencing CT symptoms, CTE symptoms, an average of 13 years earlier than those who started after the age of 12. Mm. Trent says he calls bull. Do some research and you'll see you can develop CTE from all kinds of stuff, high stress. Uh, lack of rest, etc. CTE is not a football injury by God. <laughs> by I haven't seen yeah. Trent that fired up until we start bashing LSU. Yeah, he also had a, a text here about Etling. So they like that he's smart with the football, talking about the Patriots. Uh-huh. Adaptable week to week and level-headed. They said they think Etling will develop. He had worked out with Tom Brady's throwing coaches, and they loved him. Go Tigers. Mm. We played a bite from uh, Etling yesterday, and, of course, obviously he's fired up when he hears his phone ring and then the opportunity. And when you work with one of, if not the greatest quarterback of all time, pretty good stuff. Not a bad quarterback to learn from, no. If he's he's willing to share his knowledge at this point of the game, I don't know. He might not be so uh, willing. You think he's going to look at him like, this is Garoppolo right here? No. He's not going (laughs) to look at him like like Garoppolo, but I I think there's – you know, it would be beneficial to the Patriots if he did share all his knowledge. And I just don't know how that relationship is. Like, I feel like Tom could be kind of petty about that. Yeah, maybe I don't tell him everything I know. 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line. Coming up next, we talk a little high school baseball. Then at 8 o'clock, we always look forward to catching up with uh, Coach Federico. He'll be fired up this morning as ULM is coming off a 16-2 whooping of Grambling. The morning drive rolls along after this. 
Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream, live to drive. Broken windows are no fun. A car that's baking inside from summer sun is even worse. Well, Magic Glass and Tent of West Monroe can handle both those problems. From one-day service on replacing your windshield, to repairing power windows, to professional window tinting for your car, home, or business, Magic Glass does it all. Magic Glass and Tent, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. Give them a call at 330-9988. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Jake, you ready for a big week of uh, high school baseball? Absolutely. Uh, You look at it, though, not as many teams as we had in softball. Maybe a a down year in northeast Louisiana? If you're comparing it to last year, yes. Mm. But still some teams looking to win some state championships. And one of those teams being a Claiborne Christian. In fact, they have been an inch closer to that goal as they won uh, yesterday 11-1. to So they are heading back to Sulphur. In fact, for the 11th straight year, pretty incredible run by the Crusaders. Their head coach, Chad O'Lynn, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Coach, how are you doing this morning, bud? Uh, we'll work on getting a coach here in a second. Maybe a little bit of a technical problem. Yeah, but uh, the Crusaders coming off of that 11-1 to win last night against Episcopal of Acadiana. Like you said, 11 straight years. Uh, it's, it's quite a feat. And, you know, winning that game last night to go to the 11th straight trip to Sulphur, that just tells you the kind of stability they've had at Claiborne Christian. We got one strike. We're still at the plate there. We're still swinging away. Chad O'Lynn joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. How are you doing this morning, Coach? Hey, guys, I'm great. How are y'all? Sorry about Good. that. Uh, don't know what happened with the Coach, we were just mentioning the fact that you're heading to Sulphur for the 11th straight year. It's been a heck of a run for this school, first of all, that streak, and then uh, second of all, I guess there's a lot of pride with these players to keep it going. Yeah, there definitely is. Uh, you know, nobody wants to be the team that, uh, that stops the streak. Uh, you know, although, I mean, we don't talk about it that much. I, don't, I try not to put 
put too much pressure on the kids. And so, uh, but you know, I mean, 11 years, uh, that just means we've had some, some great players come through here. Uh, solid, solid kids with, with solid families. How important has baseball become for this school? Uh, it's extremely important. Um, you know, every, I mean, we have a great off season program, uh, that the kids really buy into. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's no doubt, you know, it's, it's everybody in, in our CCS community and, and hopefully outside, uh, that really supports us. And, and I believe it is important to the school, but, you know, also we've got a pretty good softball team that, uh, you know, won it last year. Uh, we've got a basketball team. Our girls lost in the state finals. Uh, so it's definitely not just about baseball. You have the chore every year to try to put together this schedule. And I know it can be challenging because you want to test your kids, and sometimes uh, the losses will pile up. Being a Class C school, you're forced to play up. What is that like every year trying to put together this schedule, then also getting teams to play, considering a lot of them don't want to be lose to a team that's a Class C squad? It, it can be tough, but, you know, the good thing is, is I've got great relationships with a lot of coaches. Uh, so, um, you yeah, know, it, it's not as difficult. Uh, I did get three no's yesterday from some bigger schools to play next year, but that's part of, you know, all part of it. I mean, everybody's got their games that they have to play. I don't, I don't believe anybody's dodging us for sure. Uh, it's just, you know, with the schedules, with how many games you can play, uh, it, it can all be difficult. And then, of course, you know, finding actual playing dates uh, to, to, you know, connect with another team. It, it can be a lot more difficult than people realize. I mean, you look at your schedule. I mean, you played the likes of uh, Calvary. You've actually beat Bastrop on your schedule. You had Cedar Creek, uh, Neville. And then uh, to get ready for the postseason, you had quite a stretch there playing the likes of St. Frederick, OCS, Shooter, and Airline. In fact, I know you took a couple uh, uh, shots to the chin there entering in the postseason. How did you keep your team up when you're losing the likes of OCS, Shooter, and Airline heading into the postseason? Well, you know, it's, 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 it's all part of it. Um, I mean, I try to tell the guys, everybody wants to win. I want to win. But, you know, it's, it's trying to get them to realize that it's not about this game. Uh, it is, but it isn't. I mean, it's about getting ready for the playoffs. We want to try to see the the best hitting that we can see going into the playoffs because, uh, or you know, all through the season, because our pitchers need to learn that they just can't throw it right over the middle. And uh, obviously, we want to see the best pitching that that we can, and and hoping that you know, once we get to playoffs, we won't see anybody uh, better than than what we faced all year. Coach, Doesn't coach, always work this. out. <laughs> Doesn't always work out, and it can be frustrating at times. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's all part of it. It's what I believe that I'd rather do that than have a thirty and zero season. Um, it's you know, and, and it's teaching the kids also how to how to uh, overcome adversity, which is you know much more than than just baseball. Coach, you look at the squad, and I think a lot of people. We're looking at the losses, you know, losing two really good, uh, a lot of good players actually, but losing a couple of guys that that we've seen in this lineup since they were eighth graders. You know, Trevor Rugg and your son Griffith O'Lynn. 
I think, you know, seeing them last year kind of have some, some injuries and to where they, they missed a, a good bit of ball games kind of thrust some of those younger guys to, to play a bigger role last year. How has that benefited this team this year? Uh, it's, it's benefited them, no doubt. Um, you know, where they couldn't just rely on, on the big two guy on, on the two big guys, but um, I, I will say, I mean, uh, Griffith and Trevor, they were they were the, the guys, and that those guys uh, made sure everything was done right, made sure in games people were acting right, people were doing right. And so losing that leadership where those other guys didn't really have an opportunity actually has hurt us this year. Um, our, our, we got a good, solid junior class, and those juniors, especially as of the last few weeks, have really finally started uh, learning some, some good leadership skills. And, and those guys are now uh, really, really, you know, the leaders. And, uh, and, and, I mean, I got really, I got three solid juniors, Austin Acre, Abram Tarantino, and John Michael Hill, and another guy, great first baseman, Christian Seal, who actually hit his first high school home run yesterday. But yeah, it's, it's been a learning process for those guys. Uh, but, you know, again, as of the last three weeks, they've really stepped up to the plate on the leadership side. Coach, we'll address the elephant in the room, of course, with the split. Uh, there are nine teams in your bracket. Are you a fan of the split in baseball? Oh, everybody always always knows, and, and I'll always tell everybody, it's the craziest thing. You don't, you don't do this. Everybody get together and play. I mean, it's too many state championship trophies. Um, it's, it's, it's just, it's ridiculous. I don't like it. Never have when the idea first came up and I'll be, you know, the one to voice that. But, you know, what I love is, you know, I'll go places and maybe see, and and it's all jabs because I mean, all, all us coaches, at least the guys that, that I know, we all love each other so much, but they'll say something about, uh, you know, not having many teams or, or something like that. And I always say, well, you voted for it. We didn't. Y'all did. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I am 100% against it. Uh, you do have a, a major power, though. It seems like you run into every year. Well, either it's uh, Runnels or the fact that Grace Christian, I see they're still the number one seed. they got another salty squad. They do. They're very good. Um, they've got a really good pitcher, who I'm sure – they're going to try to hold uh, to to face us, but you know, to be honest with you, um, they're not a shoe in just because they've won thirty games. Uh, family community in Winsboro is, is pretty good, and uh, they've got a nice pitcher. And uh, I hope they overlook family because TJ Wheat does a great job over there, and uh, I'd love to see family get in there because uh, they do things the right way. And uh, so, yeah, I hope people are then going to hope the other team, Grace, does overlook them because I know T.J. will have his guys ready whenever they play. Coach, congratulations on getting your squad to Sulphur for the 11th straight year. Uh, we'll see you down there. Hopefully you guys will be bringing back another state championship. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you all. Chatelain, Crusaders head coach. forgot about family community. They always throw me off. They're the number four seed. Maybe it's the fact that there's another uh, Division Four squad by the name of Family Christian, which is a number seven. <laughs> yeah.
It's way too similar. Was it last year that they played in, in basketball? This I past think it was year. this past year. Yeah, Family Community versus Family Christian. Yeah. You had no idea who was who. <laughs> it was like that meme where the two Spider-Mans are pointing at each other. Do you know what memes are, Aaron? Yeah. Okay. Uh, y'all, look at the other uh, brackets. Of course, uh, we do not have a squad in 5A. Our teams went down in the first round in 4A. Uh, West Washita is the number five seed. They will go on the road to play South Lafouche, the defending state champs. I know they hate that word. Uh, the Neville Tigers, they lose in a best-of-three-game best series against DeRitter. Yeah, gave it a heck of a shot, though. Uh, Sterlington just cruises along. They're making the jump up from 2A to 3A. And they won the state championship last year in the 2A ranks. They haven't missed a beat in the 3A ranks. They are still the number one seed. They will be at home in the quarterfinals. Hosting Erath, a team that they beat earlier this year, 17-2-7. Don't be fooled by that score. Mark Sims and his bunch expect a really good series. Uh, Vidalia's the number nine seed. They'll try to be a pull of the upset against uh, Kinder. Don't uh, sleep on Winfield as a number six seed. They will try to go on the road and knock off Welsh, which comes in as a number three seed. In 1A, Delta Charter versus LaSalle. This is a one versus nine matchup, but... Delta Charter gets the home game in the quarterfinals. These are all one game. Win and move on, lose, pack up your bags. Ogro's the number three seed. They will also be going on the road in the quarterfinals. Sure, Ogro fans are pumped about that one. Uh, in Class B, you have Shooter as a number four seed. They will also be going on the road to a number 12 seed versus Hornbeck. Makes sense. <laughs> Summerfield's a number three seed. Hey, they're at home uh, for the quarterfinals. They will square off against Reeves. We mentioned uh, Claiborne Christian, of course, advancing on. And OCS will be back at home in the quarterfinals as a number two seed. They'll be taking on Catholic Point Capee as they uh, handled Cedar Creek. They won that best, best of three series in two games. Yes, sir. Looking forward to a lot of baseball action this weekend. 7 o'clock hour is in the books. You can hit us up on the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line. we got a number of texts to get to. But coming up next, Michael Federico, ULM's head baseball coach, joins us as the bats are alive and well for the Warhawks. We'll break it down with Coach Fed after the break. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.